Welcome to the Push Performance Podcast. All right, so today we're going to talk about uh, in-season training. And with that, we have a couple of things we're going to talk about. What's your name? So, my name's DJ. <laughs> <laughs> DJ. That, the man no who needs no interruption. <laughs> no, no, no interruption. Absolutely. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Um, so we have everybody here talking to bring in with the staff. We got Coach Brandon Monahan. There he What's is, up? over there. <laughs> we have our marketing manager and team mom, Ashton Newell. Hello. Team mom. We got <laughs> coach intern Eric, EE Strength. Follow him on Instagram. Simon Matthews. Best director basketball player in the room. Director of pitching, a.k.a. True. best basketball player in the room. Not true. Yeah. Two, two and oh and one on one. Yeah. Just saying. Really? Just saying. Noah Junis takes, takes a dipper. There he is right there. Yep. <laughs> Taylor, also Taylor Davis. I'm about to lose 100 bucks. Terrible at basketball. Lost 100. dollars <laughs> I think I'd be better than you, Jay. I no, you're not. I you're confirmed. Not and worst player in the room. Worst player. <laughs> <laughs> Hands down, Jordan Schieber. Doesn't need an info, intro. Just so. didn't play basketball when I was younger. It's fine. We know. Okay. <laughs> we know. All right. We tried All right. hard. We tried hard though. Uh, so today we're going to talk about uh, importance of recovery in season, uh, stacking, throwing, and lifting. How to, how we can do that with uh, relievers and starters, position players, um, scheduling, throwing, with lifts, um, and then blending our college guys in season this summer on how we will bridge the gap and have a con- con- controlled environment of training. So, um, with that being said, we're going to talk about. Uh, first and foremost, how to schedule. So Simon, uh, you and I were chatting a little bit earlier about scheduling stuff. So, um, in the best world for a starter, how how does your throwing program work essentially with our guys? Yeah, with our guys, um, and you know we we went through that a good amount last year with uh, with the COVID season. Um, you're basically your your start day right is your is your main high intent throwing day. Um, and so everything else is gonna work around that. Guys have preferences on when they'd like to throw their bullpens and whatnot, um, but getting that second high intent throwing day during the week um, is crucial uh, for not just like spiking workload on your start day. Um, so making sure you get an, at least one other um, higher intent workload uh, throwing day and then just crushing recovery during the week. Making sure you're still throwing, um, but moving your body uh, and taking care of yourself so that you can peak each week for your start. Noah, what do you got on that? Yeah, 100% agree. I think the most common schedule is gonna be start, uh, recovery day, and then that bullpen is usually two days after. Uh, And then you got two days to prepare for your next start. So. I guess just going off of that, uh, taking care of yourself that day after your start, uh, and you can get into it with the lift, lifting part, but uh, from a throwing perspective, just kind of moving your arm, getting out, playing catch, uh, feeling some stuff out, but keeping the intent relatively low to prepare for your bullpen the next day. You know, however, intensities vary. Guys, some guys like to go super hard in their bullpens midweek, but uh, other guys like to take it, you know, 80 to 85%. Uh, it's just kind of a personal thing. 
But either way, after that, you uh, got your two days to prepare for your start. You got to do whatever it takes to be ready to go out and shove on that fifth day. Yeah, on our end, we need to talk with you guys and everybody else and figure out, you know, or the team or whatever, if we're doing remote tra- remote training with our guys, we need to figure out what, you know, when their high days are and when their low days are, and we need to pair those essentially, right? So, Simon, you mentioned, you know, having more than one high intent day other than the game day, so having another additional high intent day. So your two high intent days, you should be lifting those days essentially. Um, post start, you probably don't want to lift. You know, it's that's going to be taxing on the system. Some guys like to, some guys don't. Everything we do is customized and built towards what the athlete feels they need. But um, on our end, Taylor, what do you what do you think we how a schedule should look on our end? Um, well, it's going to be different between like having a starter and a reliever. Relievers, um, generally, they're not going to know like the plan of them throwing wise versus starters going to throw every fifth day. Um, if you're in the big leagues or minor leagues, and then high school kind of varies and college kind of varies. Um, but generally, um, you kind of want to place your like certain days, like your like your main lifting days, core lift days, like around that. So generally, I put some sort of internal rotation, like hip internal rotation exercise, like a hinge pattern or something like that around like the throwing days. Because generally that's gonna be the main thing that we've lost and thing that we need to gain like pre-throw and then um, post-throw. And then I'll generally put like um, like external rotation, hip flexion outside of that and like another high day. And then same thing with like your pulling exercise, like your main lat pull down, stuff like that. You're gonna to wanna to arrange that a little bit more away from the start um, as a lot gets a lot of work like um, in like the main on your main high intent day on your um, game day stuff like that um, but generally throw a lift in post day and it's kind of different for each athlete some athletes are going to feel better post throw day some guys are going to feel worse um, so I wanted to put a lift in um, for that individual athlete post throw and then generally another recovery day and then on that main bullpen day again you would lift again and then just kind of arrange that of like their high intent throwing days, high intent lifting days, kind of matching those together so then you can maximize the recovery in those off days. So we're trying to essentially stay away from shortening the lat mm-hmm. um, even more. So some exercises that would do that would be a chin up variation, uh, deadlift variation, something like that, where we want to ge- regain range of motion. That's the biggest thing for us, I believe, is regaining range of motion lost throughout the season. Like you mentioned, internal rotation is a big thing that we that we lose. So, you know, for us, it's like if you're hitting a trap bar deadlift or a straight bar deadlift, um, more than likely you're not going to be having a high day on throwing or adding a chin-up variation or whatever that same day. So just regaining the range of motion um, that was lost through the hips, the shoulders, T-spine, whatever it may be. So what do you got on that, Ren? Yeah, I think it just kind of comes down to the individual, like Taylor mentioned, where, you know, if you have a... A starter versus position player versus um, a reliever. Um, you just want to uh, make sure you're managing the workload accordingly um, throughout the week, over the course of the month, and then throughout the season as well. Um, the individual's training age is also going to kind of play a factor into that too, to where um, a younger athlete possibly is just going to be needing to focus on the foundational base and still continue to get stronger, where probably your higher level athlete is going to be more technical base where it comes to um, restoring the range of motions and then also um, then kind of you know kind of going back to the strength aspect as well because they obviously still need to maintain um, strength in season and then throughout the season 
Um, but yeah, just kind of, you know, pay attention to the lat length, um, assess your, your athletes weekly in season to make sure um, nothing kind of pops up on you when it's a little too late. Um, try and stay as proactive and um, work ahead of, you know, anything that you can see coming down the road, uh, especially when it gets to mid-season, towards the end of the season. Um, there's going to be a lot of stuff that maybe start popping up, and, you know, the earlier you can get ahead of it, um, the better. Yeah, that's that's a huge point to make about just being proactive, especially starting from the beginning of the season. Um, and it comes up so much on the throwing end, right? It's like you feel surprisingly good one day that's supposed to be a recovery day. You're just like, say, fuck it, I'm going to long toss today. And you end up paying for that kind of thing later in the year. Um, so one thing we do here is we, we've gamified our recovery days um, for all of our hard throwers. On their recovery days, we have them do what's called the Kyle Wellman Challenge, named after our analytics intern and D3 superstar, um, where you're capped at uh, 30 throws uh, once you finish your plow care work. Um, and you're just trying to hit 69 miles an hour as many times as you can. Um, and it's a good way for guys to stay locked in um, and also just not be tempted to do anything stupid. Because if you feel like pretty good and all of a sudden you hit 75, 80, your Kyle Wellman challenge number is not going to yeah, be that week. I think we always, <laughs> A, 69 is a great number. B, we really need to put a velo on recovery days Yeah, all the time. There needs yeah, to be feed, there always needs to there always needs to be feedback. So you see guys not not veloing their recovery days, and then all of a sudden they're gassing it up because they do feel good mm-hmm. for that for that reason, and then it turns into a high CNS day, and they're fatigued the next day and they don't know why, mm-hmm. you know. And honestly, so. we've seen the results from it. Like guys, guys fucking love it. They take it so yeah. serious. And yeah. They want to see that sixty nine. What's the most, what's the most important? I think it's seventeen right now. Seventeen for thirty. Let's go. God it's pretty damn. good. Um, but you know, it's it's the exact same thing, uh, because baseball is just such a long season, right? Like if you wake up feeling good the day after a start and you send it in the weight room when you weren't supposed to, you, maybe you're still feeling good for your next start, but that stuff compounds. You know, and uh, that's why just being being very, like, intentional with your work uh, can just help help keep you healthy and keep you feeling good. We do, we do the same thing on the strength side where we measure right. bar speeds throughout the course of the year so we know guys aren't overloading them. You know, in season we're going to be a little bit – we're going to be a little bit quicker, you know. So – you know, we're going to manage their, their workloads through reading bar speeds, through our BBT software, and that way we're controlling their overload there, you know. So making sure they're not gassing it up, you know, both places on the mound in the weight room. Everything we do needs to be tracked, in my opinion. Um, you see some guys just get after it on the mound, some guys just get after it in the weight room, which sometimes it's a good time to do that in season. You know, we, I've reverted some, a couple guys back into some strength phases, some short, short-term strength phases, in season, just because they need it, you know, we don't want to essentially lose that strength base. But um, Jordan, what do you got on that side of things? Um, I mean, I think Brandon and Taylor hit on the head um, with preventing and keeping your athlete in a healthy state where they're going to be able to perform and try and reduce the risk for injury. Um, I mean, and where kind of you have the Kyle Wellman challenge, you're um, putting kind of a restrictor on the velo, we can do the same thing from the strength side, putting a, using the VBT, 
You can put restrictors on um, how fast we're moving stuff or how heavy stuff is. So if you don't want something to go below a certain bar speed, then that means it's too heavy for where we are um, in this in season. And there's all sorts of stuff to be said for hitting some heavy twos in season. But um, obviously it has to be the right time, the right athlete. You can't be reckless with it and just hitting these heavy, slow ones. Like it's got to have a certain speed to it, otherwise we're going to slow down and we're going to cause a t uh, muscle damage um, through the concentric motion where we don't need to. Um, eccentric motion. Ecent eccentric motion where we just don't need to. And like that's balls. just... Hmm? <laughs> and that's just like... <laughs> <laughs> hmm? I mean, and, that, and that's just where we, you know, got to stay smart and use our tools. But I mean, Brennan and Taylor kind of hit it on the head. That's where we need to be, um, preventing and keeping everybody, keeping our athletes uh, prepared and ready to play. And talk to them. Yes. Like yeah. Communication is the biggest thing. Yeah, getting feedback is the biggest thing. Like, if because on, on paper things make sense, but then some days, hey, like, I'm just beat up because you know, like <clears throat> we only get to see them for an hour and a half, two hours a day, and if they're not sleeping enough, they're not eating enough, they got a bunch of stressors outside of the weight room. Like, we can't stress them even more because then they're not going to recover um, for gameplay, which is, at the end of the day, in season, everything needs to be in service of gameplay. Um, and that's just, like, that's where we need to be and be able to communicate and work with everybody. Well, going into, going into position player stuff, I had a good question on my Instagram. The other day it said, can you work on speed in season? And I, I fully believe you can, and that's through still applying strength you know, addressing deficiencies in internal rotation, like Taylor said, um, which will allow more hip extension, which will more allow more force production, right? So, um, Taylor, what do you got on, on speed in season? Um, it's kind of going off of, like, the range of motion stuff is, like, you want to make sure, one, that they have the range of motion stuff in order to get into that position. I mean, keeping them healthy, keeping the speed guys healthy is another point of it. Um, but, like, you can always work on stuff, and it doesn't have to be, like, doesn't have to be only speed, doesn't have to be only strength. Like some guys still need to work on strength in season. Some guys need to work on movement deficiencies in season. Like everybody's gonna have a different need in season. It doesn't have to be one thing or it doesn't have to be all the things. Like Well that goes into communication with athletes, yeah. right? If they have a lot of foot contact at practice, which mm -hmm. means running, mm -hmm. you know, how are we gonna minimize foot contact in the in the gym, right? So we can do that through force production stuff and absorption stuff. Um, to some basic basic patterns in the weight room versus having them sprint more. Yeah, right? and guys will like come in, like especially the high school guys will come in after practice and I'll ask them how much did you run at practice today? For the position players especially, how much did you run during practice? They're like, oh, we did a crap ton of base running today. It's like, okay, let's do your A block, go ahead and go right in your strength work. Or like, hey, like, we didn't really do anything today. I'm fresh, I'm ready to go. Okay, we can go outside, do some sprint work, and then we can go ahead and go lift. So it's like, just because it's in the program doesn't mean that's how it has to go every single day. Like we, our programs are on T-Builder, so it makes it really, really easy to kind of inter interchange the programs um, and interchange exercises, add things, take things out. Um, that's kind of the nice thing of having an app and not having it on paper. Yeah. Brandon, what do you got on that side with, with the position players? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think, you know, like Taylor said, and you've mentioned, DJ, that, you know, there's always something that can be worked on or improved. Um, so it kind of just comes down to, again, the, the individual athlete and uh, basically what they're lacking. You know, I had a conversation last week with one of my guys. Um, they mentioned that they felt like they were getting a little slower on the field. 
um, and they're, they're a middle infielder, kind of a corner guy. And, you know, our biggest focus lately is just basically kind of strength and size. And they feel now that they've just gotten maybe just a step or two slower. And we kind of spoke about it a little bit. And kind of the big thing was, is he says they don't do a lot of sprint work or conditioning at practice. So, of course, now what we're going to do is put him on a little bit more of a speed phase going throughout his season so that we're just going to monitor basically all that we're working on, keep the foot contact still a little bit minimal because obviously the, the priority right now is be healthy on the field and when we play. But at the same time, we can still work on, you know, getting faster at the same time because, you know, speed is just a byproduct of strength to an extent. So, you know, obviously as long as his mechanics and form are good, then obviously we can still kind of progress and still work on speed work as well within um, within season. One thing a lot of um, the guys I'm doing pr programming for, like the big league guys right now, they want to do on-field agility stuff in season, position player or reliever or starter. Um, we have a couple guys where they say, you know, yeah, I'm you know standing a lot, running a lot, but like I need I need more change of direction, like low intent. You know, that will help them regain range of motion that way too. You know, keep their athleticism throughout the year um, under a controlled environment, obviously. But, um, you know, if you look at going back to the pitching side, if you look at a reliever, they're going out for one inning. We can honestly do whatever the hell we want with them. You know what I mean? Throughout the year. Like, we have multiple relievers that want to lift on game day before the game, you know, and hit heavy, heavy lifts, you know. Um, then we got guys that want to lift after they throw. So it just it varies on what they want, what they need. Um, and then I think the biggest thing for us on the programming side is addressing the range of motion that, th that that's lost for sure. Um, that comes from creating more stability, not just tugging on ranges of motion, right? So, um, you know, losing strength means you lose stability and then losing stability means you lose range of motion, right? So, um, you know, we gotta keep that end range stability, end range, um, you know, end range stability will allow for better stability in all throwing, all hitting, whatever you want to look at. So um, going back to that aspect, I think the biggest thing is like communication, hands down, the, big, the biggest thing for sure. So yeah, I mean, I think that's the quickest way to hit the low hanging fruit of if somebody's losing a step in season, communicate and are we A, overworking, are we B, tight? Because if we're overworking, yeah, you're going to lose a step. If you're tight, yeah, we're going to lose a step, and those are two easy fixes. Well, what, what about the guys that want to crush three to five days a week in the, week in the weight room? That's where you got to be smart and give them their cake, but it's your cake. Where, like, like, okay. like, like you... <laughs> like, like, I'm going to cut that one out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, okay, so, like, you... You get a guy who wants to hit that heavy something, okay, you, you, you can hit your whatever lift, but then you're also going to have my stuff built around it that is actually going to, like, I know more than you, but to keep you happy, like, we're going to do this, and it's going to, you're going to be happy, I'm going to be happy, and then you're going to benefit from it. I think, I think Taylor brought up a great point, too, about communication, just talking to the high school kids. Like, before they start to drag. Yeah. Um, how much running did you do at practice today? Because they, like, I don't know, they're 16 years old, right? Like, they, their bodies just don't hurt until they break. How much sleep did you get? Yeah, so you, 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 start that, you start that conversation <laughs> early, um, and you get, you get them thinking about that stuff, and then on our end, we can sort of eliminate the sort of tightness and soreness uh, before it comes up because, you know, they ran a bunch of practice today, so they didn't run when they came in here. 
Yeah, like there's no point, like, oh, we, we ran, or because coaches love the, oh, well, somebody was late or whatever, and we did punishment running because somebody missed the fucking ground ball. Sweet. Like, no, you're not going to come in here and do band runs and speed work. Like, that's, we're going to kill you. To be you fair, know, you get a glove on it, you better make the play. Well, yeah, but <laughs> it doesn't mean the whole team needs to run for two hours. But. <laughs> the other day. <laughs> yeah. What, what was that? <laughs> he, he just had a JUCO coach. Yeah, he had a soft. We had a JUCO coach who would like drop us on our knees and just smoke fungos at us from way too close. But they had a glove. But they had we a had a glove. glove. So they they had we, a glove. we had a glove. So Simon's they like, play. yeah, you're good. I'm like, make practice harder than the game. Oh, that's a whole different thing. Tattoo that on my body. That's a whole different thing. We one time get on your knees. You have a glove. You take it from there. Yeah. <laughs> we one time got laid across the whole fence, and he smoked tennis balls at us off the phone. Oh, tennis, balls. Wow. Nobody, tennis balls. No body. No. Yeah. Come but on. It's, but right. there's no glove, and you're standing right, there wearing it. I mean, how can we move on from that? Like. <laughs> I mean, I think that got brought up from Kyle. <laughs> I mean, that's. Uh, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> Um, Why do we let George? So know? coming coming up here soon, we have <laughs> our college <laughs> our college guys coming back. So right now we're literally just working with our high school guys, which is in house, which has been kind of a breath of fresh air after the pro off season, which is no no complaints there. But um, you know, uh, going into into this, like you know, guys are asking, do we play summer ball? Do we train? Do we take it off? Like, what do we do? So. I think the biggest thing for me is how much did you play and where you're at, right? Are you happy with where you're at? If you threw 100 innings and you're 90-92, like there's some work to do. But you, and you also threw 100 innings, right? So that's a no-brainer, you know? You know, we can really... <laughs> Simon Matthews. That's 90-92. I don't know about that one, though. That's a good point. 87-89. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Truth comes out. <laughs> but, but, you know, you know being, being able to control... The environment they're training in is huge, and the way we're conducting things with you know meeting with the athlete weekly, you know having Austin our PT involved, um, you know having having feedback from the athlete, you know setting up their throwing schedules, their bullpen schedules, their live at bat schedules, their lifting schedule, all that stuff. I think you know something like that needs it, but then you have a freshman that didn't play maybe through more you know seven six innings. You know, but it has a good velo or whatever. You know, there's a, there's an opportunity there to play summer ball. Um, you know, if, but if you're a freshman that threw seven innings and sucked, like, you well, we, what do we do there? Through seven innings, you probably weren't like good. Yeah. Or you're on a stack team. I, I, I think, mean, yeah. But if if you want to get bottom line, I feel like if you want to get better and develop more, then that's where you you should put your eggs. Yeah. But like the thing is, like the environment that we're gonna be providing for college kids like it's so structured and controlled that it just takes the guesswork out of it like we're basically making the schedule for everyone and we're still getting live action on the weekends with live at bats but also taking the weekly stuff to be able to attack deficiencies and you know maybe pound on pound on some velo and uh you know actually work on things instead of them just you know, kind of doing their own thing or even being with us during the week and then going on the weekend and throwing, you know, 150 pitches in a weekend or something like that. Like, we just have the ability to kind of control the load in the weight room and the throwing side. 
Well, and just the, the summer ball schedule of playing a game and then busing or traveling to wherever, like there's not going to be consistent training that has a plan on anything. You're going to be in one game, then you're just kind of doing whatever and hanging out, and then you're playing again, and there's no structure to it, like what you're saying, Noah. Yeah. yeah. And, and it, it just all comes down to what you want out of baseball, right? Like, mo Bless you. modern baseball is just so incredibly hard these days, right? Like, fastball velocity just keeps going up. Jacob deGrom is going to throw 116 miles an hour in 2024, right? Like, it's ridiculous. Home runs, exit velocity are going way up. Um, on a league-wide basis at the big league level, and that's that's all trickling down, right? So if you want to go play summer ball with your friends and ride a bus, like, that's what I did. I had a blast, right? But, you know, who, who knows what could have happened if I threw three miles an hour harder. I didn't. Um, and, you know, that that ended up making a difference well, for if you me. Think, if you think you're playing summer ball to get drafted, like, you know, you're back in early 2000s, if you, 90s, right? Where it's like... If you can go play in the Cape, go play in the Cape. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. That's, At the same time, though, like, the Cape, they don't have a lot of lifting facilities. They don't really, you know, have the opportunities of that. So it's like, is it going to do you more harm than good, too? Especially, but, in, but in today's era of everything, like, a video in Arizona getting posted with a Rapsodo data of you pitching here at Push Performance is just as good as you throwing wherever. Especially, like, people can see and have data to show what you can do. That's just as good nowadays, if not better. Yeah, yeah. definitely trending in that direction for sure. Yeah, that it's, it's... But at some point, you still need to play the game of baseball. Yeah, you, you, yeah. you got to play baseball. You know, there's there's tons of guys all, all across college and pro baseball that lost last year. And you can tell they haven't played baseball in a while, right? Like, watching the first few weekends of college baseball... The amount of kicked grounders and weird stuff, because those kids didn't have a season or a fall last year, right, for the most part. It's like, you got to play baseball, but at, at the same time, like I said, it's just like, what do you want out of it? If you want to go play baseball with your friends, go play baseball with your friends. If you have, if you have aspirations beyond that, you need to look yourself in the mirror and be like, okay, do I need to spend this summer getting a lot better? Because if, the, if that's the case, then summer ball is almost certainly not the answer. Yeah, that's, like, the biggest thing is, like, being realistic with yourself and being realistic on what it takes to play at that next level that you want to play at. Because, like you said, I mean, velocity is increasing, exit velocity is increasing. It's becoming increasingly harder to get to the next level. Like, the bar is super high. So Well, that and then going into, you know, vertical break, which we're, we're big on. Right. Right? It's not just about velo anymore. Like, you know, we have multiple yeah. guys that have – high elite velo, but have very average or dog shit vertical break, right? right? So those guys get hit. Unless they have banger sliders, which again is just right back into player development. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. you got you got exactly. you got to throw hard. There's always on the, we can work on. On the pitching side, you got to throw hard and you got to do at least one other thing really well. On the same pitch characteristic. Right. On the fastball, right? For the most part, yeah. Yeah. For sure. You know, he needs to either cut or... Do pop. something weird, man. Yeah. 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 Weird is good. Yeah. So, Sweet. yeah, yeah, I agree. That's good. Um, yeah, what do, so, like, I feel like last summer with the COVID summer with a lot of college guys in here, a lot of JUCO guys in here, and then a good amount of pro ball guys in here, what do you think we learned from, from that experience that we're going to bring to how we can 
how we can attack like both giving guys almost an in-season feel and then still like really hammering out development like I think we did pretty well last summer. Yeah, I think the biggest thing we learned is that just over-communication, going back to that concept, you know, is not just having your name signing up on the board to throw a bullpen that day or a live that day, but it's like there's a reason why. Like, hey, you've been cleared, you've been ready to go to play or, you know, to participate in our live at-bats, you know. Towards the end of the minor league uh, live at-bat season, we started playing, like, on-field, you know, not games, but, like, kind of lives where we guys were making plays and, and all that kind of stuff. So just kind of feeding into what the athlete needs and wants, you know, and being able to communicate with the coach on that side. Um, going back to earlier our conversation is, you know, how are we stacking the lifts and the, the throwing? That's the biggest thing for us, not just shooting fish in the barrel, which I don't think we did by all means, but, you know, even more communication by us on our on our end. Um, that's the biggest thing is sitting down with our PTs, you know, with you guys. It's another advantage we have in gym, man, too, because if a guy goes off and plays summer ball, you can absolutely do online training with us. But yeah. if we're seeing you every day, we're watching you move. There's, it just makes pick up it, on little things. It, yeah. We we pick up on Every little things. And and also just like you're gonna walk in and I'm gonna be like, hey man, what's going on? How you feeling today? And you have to answer that question. Yep. You have to look me in the eyes and be like, I got three and a half hours of sleep last night. <laughs> right? something, like, something we're gonna lose this year though is having the ability of the high school and college guys be able to talk to the big league guys or the minor league guys that we had. Right, that was cool for them to di- diverse themselves into the into the culture with, you know, the different diversity of who we had in the gym at one time. Where, you know, at a high school senior going into college their first their first year, and you know we had a two year three year starter in college, you know, lifting right next to him or catching his bullpen for him or whatever it may be, you know, or a a, a big league or minor league guy throwing to a high school kid, you know, and then he'd be able to pick his brain that way. We shout out Zach Kress for just wearing pens early in the early in the year. Just absolute noise. Yeah, Kid spent the summer catching 98, now he's playing high school baseball again. Yeah, now he's probably kind of bored. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, boy, get there. But, yeah, I think I think that's something we're going to lose, but, I mean, I'm glad that guys are playing, you know, which is great. You know, we still have our free agent group. We have all those guys, and to me, that's probably the most fun group to work with, that free agent group, just because – they're so driven right now. You know, they want to get signed. They know what they're, they're seeing what it takes, you know, and that's that's the biggest thing for us is getting them signed. How many free agents do we have signed this year? Ashton? A lot. Enough <laughs> <laughs> to make a full post about it, so yeah. it's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean. And the, the college and high school kids can learn a lot from that free agent group too because that those guys are – they're in the thick of what we were just talking about, right? Like, getting a job in modern baseball is hard, man. And so these high school and college kids are staring down the barrel of maybe facing that at some point. And like, dude, if you're if you're throwing your bullpens at 95, and you're still here this summer, like, what does that tell a high school kid who threw yeah. 87 to 89 all summer, all right. all spring? Yeah. Right. Ten guys in the gym right now throwing 95 plus. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right so. now. Right. Right. You know. So, um, intern Eric, you got anything to say about anything? <laughs> intern Eric is a better basketball player than Jordan, which I'm just so happy about. <laughs> I'm just listening. I hear you're a spaz on the court. 
I can be. <laughs> <laughs> Just. Oh man, it's good though. I agree with it all. Should should should. <laughs> I agree. Competitor. Intern Eric, what do you got on the grudge match of Noah versus Taylor one on one for a hundred dollars? Is this going on for reals? Oh yeah. Probably Noah. Probably Noah. Probably. Anything else? Taylor literally Taylor's offered. Got some work to Taylor do. literally <laughs> offered to give me the hundred dollars yesterday after seeing me play. So. I would like a, a separate one though here. Taylor and. That would be a good. Game. That would be a really good game. DJ's gonna make that for more money though. <laughs> Just make it for... I'll make it for no money. Just make it for a Saturday, <laughs> make it for a Saturday in, shift. I'm in for no money. I'm way too competitive. Oh, a we'll, Saturday shift? I'll, I'll just we'll, beat you. I'm not we'll, we'll, we'll make it for a Saturday. We'll come up with, with stakes involving... I'll violence. just play them straight up, just for fun. I'll play Simon. Today's my first time playing in a couple years, and I did fine. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Yeah. So, I, give me give me two weeks, I'll be, I'll be great. I'm in. Yeah. Two weeks from now. We were all really Marked winded the, after one game. Mark the calendars. Dude, I get winded. I get winded shooting around. I get winded. <laughs> I get winded. <laughs> <I get laughs> <winded laughs> <winded. laughs> all right. Yeah, so. Taylor did bring that Gonzaga basketball in, though. That was, I did. That was 